Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Courtney Koenig Worrell. Courtney, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. It's great to have you on the show. Courtney is the president and CEO of the Waterfront Alliance. It's an organization that is aimed to meet the challenges of revitalizing, protecting, and making more accessible the coastlines, waterfronts of the most vulnerable communities throughout New York, and New Jersey. Uh, this is a big, big effort. I'm excited to learn about this. You know, this is something that we that everyone's facing around the around the world right now, which is how do we protect waterfronts and how do we manage waterfronts in light of climate change. And so we'll discuss all of those issues with Courtney. But before we get there, Courtney, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, well, great. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be asked these questions. And um, my, especially my background is a little unexpected. I, I actually got into environmental work early on in college, but believe it or not, that was in the late 80s. And to say you wanted to be an environmental major, people were like, what is that? <laughs> in sense. Either you could be a chemistry major, an education major, and maybe that would put you into something related to forestry or something like that. But I really had this sense, and this comes, this is this has to do with my family and being really my family being really close to the land and ancestors who are farmers, but mm-hmm. it always this attention to what was happening in the natural world. And so I was able to create my own major at the college I went to. And I had an environmental policy major that pretty much got me into first the private sector, then the then I worked in government and then nonprofit. And I think that one of the things that's really, really important, especially for my career now, is that I did have a lot of experience in the private sector. And I think that really allows for people who are nonprofit leaders to understand how the private sector works because you have to partner with the private sector. So that's that's been really great. And then it just happened to be that one of the clear threads through all of this was I started working in water issues and it's pretty much carried me all the way through. Um, I also worked a lot on national park issues, um, water and, un- and and unwater related as well. So that's my well, background. I, I love that. And water is such a critical topic. You know, I'll tell you at some point, uh, I had a hobby for years where I would collect bottled water from all over the world, that probably in, until I learned that bottled water was probably the worst type of thing you could do with water, you know, transfer, you know, transferring it all over the world. But I, I'd love to hear more about what you guys are doing now at the Waterfront Alliance. Yeah, so we were started, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing about why we were started. We were started actually before climate change was so front and center. Um, and the reason we were started is if you think about the history of the United States, the first real densely urbanized and developed place in the United States, one of the first was New York in the New York, New Jersey Harbor. That industrial past that, that, that we are still living with, that legacy of industry on the waterfront, if you think of it, all of the shipping and 
industry was located right on the water because it was the best place for transportation. That transition from our post-industrial past to what should be a world-class waterfront for the financial capital of the world, that needed to be guided by an independent organization. So what happened along the way is that it turns out that climate change is a huge threat. So we're still working on revitalizing the waterfronts of New York and New Jersey. We still have places that haven't changed in 100 years. They were abandoned by an industry or a shipping company. They're owned by the city of New York, and they're just sitting there fallow. Mm. So we're working on making sure people can get to the water. It's it's no secret why waterfront properties are so expensive and and luxury condominiums on the waterfront and um, in coastal areas are so expensive. It's because we love water. We as humans love water. So we have all of these miles and miles and miles of water and waterfront um, properties in New York that still need this rebirth from our industrial past. So that's one core thing that we're working on. The next though is addressing the, the changes that are coming from climate change, that sea level rise, that's huge storms that are coming through that bring in gigantic waves, stronger waves, increased wind speeds, velocities. We have also the urban heat island effect. So hotter temperatures that are hot, hot weather, hot weather that's way hotter in the urban areas of our country. Right. So we're looking at all of those solutions as well. So um, so that's it pretty much in a nutshell. And there's lots and lots that goes, to, you know, that we have to do in order to kind of guide that ship, guide the industry, guide uh, pro- public and private investments toward those two goals. That's great. I clearly see the, the critical nature of a lot of these efforts. And Tell me a little bit about how you're seeing the overarching, I'd say, climate or marketplace that we find ourselves in for efforts like the Waterfront Alliance. Excited? Are you optimistic that we're embracing this stuff this time? Well, yes and no. (laughs) I think that uh, what's really great, um, so I was, for for a very long time in my career, I've been concerned about climate change um, since... um, the 1980s, in fact, when I was in college, I had a professor, a biology professor, who explained what climate change was. So this was 1986. And um, he started crying during the lecture, actually. And that was, I think all of us were like, what is this thing he's talking about? And why did he break down? So I've been thinking about climate change for my entire career. So one thing that is good is that I think the awareness is there in terms of the general population. Now, whether or not Awareness is there among the industries that really need to change the most is another big question. But I think that um, we we so we we need to continue to build that awareness of how climate change is, is here to stay and we must reduce fossil fuel burning. We must decarbonize the economy. What's a little concerning to us and where a lot of our work um, focuses is that we also need to prepare for climate change. So if we stopped burning fossil fuels today, we would still have 20 to 30 years of impacts. And that's because the earth heats up very, very slowly. If you think about it, how long it takes for a, a pot of water to boil on your stove, think about how long it takes for the earth's atmosphere to respond to all this new energy that's in the atmosphere because of carbon dioxide and other and other pollutants so we have a horizon that is going to be a climate change horizon how do we prepare for that and so that's really what we're all about and i would say we don't have enough awareness in that area yet and we don't have enough awareness 
in terms of people who have the most power, we do not have enough awareness in terms of decarbonization and really weaning our addiction to fossil fuels. Well, it's been an interesting one, I would say, thinking about this topic over the last couple of years. You know, we've been going through quite a challenging moment because of the pandemic, but certainly uh, in the back, uh, back of everyone's mind, we also have the global climate issues at the same time. And I, I do remember some uh, unusual photos of, of cities like Mumbai that were suddenly pollution free, uh, you know, because everyone was at home from the pandemic. I mean, I'd just be curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, how has the pandemic impacted the efforts of the Waterfront Alliance? And, you know, it, are there any kind of good insights and learnings that are coming from this time? Yeah, well, I'll just say like one quick thing that I think is true for so many industries is that it's great to do a bit of your work via Zoom. Like, I, you know, it's great to have this hybrid in-person, yeah. um, you know, virtual. I think that really helps with a lot. Um, and so we're happy for that. That's a silver lining. I would say that the, the one thing that the pandemic really did, especially um, for people who are paying attention to climate change, is that it made it clear that really big and potentially bad things can happen. And I, and I think that that's a, a sense, there's a sense now that we are vulnerable. And that, that, so some people have even said that COVID and the pandemic were a dress rehearsal for climate change because climate change will take equal effort, in fact, a lot more effort over time to make sure that we, we survive, that we, that we have livable communities, that, that our civilizations can thrive in this new environment, and that we also have a living planet in the end. So I, I think that the, that's a silver lining, and it's not a silver lining, but there is that awareness that I think is just so critical. I think then, I think there's one other part of this, though, which is that there's a tremendous amount of public funding that's needed to help us to tackle the, change, the changes that are coming. So private and public funding is needed. And there is some concern with the, and, and I would say also the war in Ukraine, that the amount of public funding that we'll have available in the future to tackle these issues, we, we need to really pay attention to that because we're gonna to have to invest public and private dollars in protecting ourselves and, and, and living with the climate crisis. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, I would hope that we can can certainly shift those dollars to the right uh, topics and, and make that happen. Now, I mean, it's funny, I, I think of 2022 as a futuristic number, Courtney. I, I feel like we've made <laughs> yeah. it to the future somehow. But uh, it seems like you guys are working on a lot of things. I see that you have the uh, Waterfront Conference coming up very, very soon. Tell me more about the activities and what you guys are planning for 2022. Yeah. So, yes, we have our annual conference coming up. I must plug it. It's May 24th. But by the time you all are watching this, it'll be over. So you watch it online <laughs> and join <laughs> us next year. <laughs> we, we hold this every, every year. Um, well, a couple things. And this goes back to some more on climate change. Climate change, unfortunately, is impacting the people who had the least to do with it first. And that's people who have um, the least means of recovering from major impacts. So one of our major priorities for this year and, and forever is going to be making sure that wherever we're investing in 
uh, and protections for sea level rise or protections from the next storm or protections from extreme heat, that those protections are being invested in the communities that need them the most, that will have the hardest time recovering, but are also the, have been the least invested in over time. So it's really important for equity and justice that, that we do that. And so we have a major effort to prioritize those communities and make sure that New York City, New York City, state of New Jersey, New York State, and the federal government are focusing on those areas. The next is that we have. Um, so I, I hope I hope a lot of your listeners have heard of LEED, which is the the energy efficiency rating for buildings. So if you build a new building and you want it to be ultra uh, energy efficient, you can get a, a platinum rating from uh, from LEED. We have a similar uh, program for verification of waterfront or coastal development. So if you own coastal property or uh, you work for an engineering firm or you have a client who's a coastal developer, you can use our product, which is called the Waterfront Edge Design Guidelines or WEDGE program, to actually see whether or not your property, if it's verified through us, meets standards for climate resiliency, for ecological integrity and protections for nature, and whether or not your property is, has been responsive to the, to the community that surrounds it. So that's a really exciting thing that we're working on. We have clients, um, we're growing clients all over the country. So we work in New York, New Jersey, but our solutions and methods are really applicable everywhere. And then the last thing I'll say is that we really, really think it's important to educate kids, students, and uh, the next generation on climate change, but also the living environment that's right in front of them. So I don't know if you know, like uh, there's a little beach underneath the Brooklyn uh, underneath the Manhattan Bridge on the Brooklyn side, which is near Dumbo, yeah. if you take a gigantic net and you pull that net from uh, like maybe five feet in the water to the shoreline, you will catch close to 30 different types of sea creatures and fish and, and seahorses that live right there in, in the harbor in the East River. This wow. place, our, you know, our waterways all over the country, even in New York, which you think of as polluted, is just teeming with life. And so there's so much excitement and so many wonderful things we can do with opening people up and students and, and uh, youth up to the beauty of nature and the waterfronts. Courtney, uh, I mean, it's been amazing talking with you. I, I have to admit that probably my favorite thing to do is to walk along the water. I do it every morning. And uh, the idea that that those areas are at risk uh, really saddens me. And, and certainly it, it excites me the work that you're doing to make sure that that's saved for, for New York and obviously hopefully leading the way and showing others on what, we, what they can do and what they can take advantage of to move their, their own waterfronts forward in their communities. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, where should they find you? Yeah, so we're on the web at waterfrontalliance.org, and you can email me directly at cworrell at waterfrontalliance.org, and I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter, and uh, would love to hear from you. Excellent. Well, we've been speaking with Courtney Koenig-Worrell. She is the president and CEO of the Waterfront Alliance. Uh, the Waterfront Alliance is working on a lot of efforts to not only improve the waterfronts in the New York and New Jersey areas, but also provide resources for other communities that are facing some of the same challenges and, and trying to achieve the same goals, and then also working on the climate change issues related to 
um, hopefully keeping our sea levels as at par at the same level as long as, as possible uh, and managing things forward. Courtney, thank you so much for being on Uncaged Day and we look forward to having you back. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Cheers.